Hi, this is Nick Forster. This week we're going to feature a show from our 2010 season. Great music, an award, an interview, and that all starts right now. From the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town with this week's guests. From London, RCA recording artist Imogen Heap. From the National Park Foundation, Neil Mulholland. And from Boulder, suitcase town recording artist Gregory Allen Isakoff. I'm Helen Forster. Right now, please join me in welcoming Nick Forster. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to E-Town, where we get together every week. We listen to some live music. We talk about the world around us. I want you to imagine, if you will, uh, this lovely audience, both here in the theater and, and all around the world. Imagine, if you will, a, uh, a State Department, a, a, uh, a foreign mission made up of songwriters, right? Kind of like a department of songwriters who would travel all over the place. They would pay attention. They would learn, they would have great conversations, they would see what they see, and they would send back these sort of musical missives, these little musical postcards back to us, because the world is connected through music in a wonderful way. And I cannot think of two better potential candidates for those jobs than our two guests this week. We have got two very observant musical travelers who uh, are great songwriters and have really done a good job of connecting with their fans. First up is one of the most creative and spirited music messengers out there, somebody who has literally mastered both the instruments that she plays and the instruments she uses to record and embellish those sounds. She's become uh, one of the most creative and beloved modern recording artists. She's doing all kinds of stuff and has for a long time. Um, I first heard, I think, in the soundtrack to Garden State, but she's done lots and lots of that stuff. Mostly she has used technology, I have to say beautifully, to both make uh, artful music and to build a community of fans worldwide. She's done a great job. We're very happy to have her. Please welcome for her first visit from London, England, Imogen Heap. Where do we go from here? How do we carry on? I can't get beyond the question. Clambering for the scraps in the shatter of us collapsed. That cuts me with every could have been. Pain on pain on play repeating. With the backup makeshift life in waiting Everybody says The time heals everything But what if the wretched hollow The endless in between Are we just going Nothing to see here now Turning the sign around We're close to the earth to further notice A scrambling cliche case Crumpled and perfect faced 
dead in the stare of a thousand miles. All I want, only one street level miracle. Will be an out and out born again for none more cynical. This is where I attempt to get all of my gear going and hope that it will behave itself. Um, we shall see if it does or not. Um, so this is a, my hair. I just cut my hair the other day and it's annoying me. It's on my face. Um, well, I must remember this is a radio show and they can't see that. Okay. Okay. This is um, this is a song called Little Bird. Little 
Imogen Heap, lovely to see you, lovely to have you here. For those listening at home, I have to tell them that there is only one person on stage, mm -hmm. which will confuse them. Quite a tall person. Yeah. <laughs> can, we, um, can we kind of get a little tour of your world over here? Yes, please do. Um, yes. So there's, some, there's a, a plexiglass, cl a clear plexiglass piano-shaped structure in which there are all kinds of things. Yes. Lots of keyboards and uh, computer screens and instruments and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, with all these great toys and gadgets, I assume that your rig at home, and this is, we're not even talking about all the synthesizers and other stuff, there's just gadgets everywhere. Yeah. Lovely, there's little, gadgets. little harps and percussion things. And yeah. It's a wonder you ever leave the house if you have all these things at home. Mm, I didn't for a long time, and yeah. now, now I feel a bit <laughs> freaked out to be out and about in front of people. <laughs> Well, we should talk about that. So you, you, um, you made a studio, mm -hmm. um, and as I understand it, the new CD, Ellipse, is named after the shape of your house, which used to be your family's house. That's right, yeah. Um, I grew up in an elliptical-shaped house, and uh, yeah, it's an amazing space. It's really special. And um, it was about to leave the family, and it would be very sad, so I took it on, and I built my studio in the basement in our, in our old playroom. In your old playroom? Yeah. So that's kind of a cosmic continuum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. It was a bit weird in the beginning, but, um, but I've kind of made it my own now, and I really yeah. like it. It's great. Is it a strange thing? I imagine being familiar with a house and being connected with a house, as we all are when we're little, we have a relationship to a place and to a landscape and to a building, as we do through our family, through the filter and the lens of of our relationship in the family. Now to be the grown-up living in the same house, is that, did it sort of spin you around a little bit at first? Yeah, it, yeah, it still does every now and then. Yeah, it was a bit strange. That's another reason why I called the album Ellipse, because it was kind of like full circle, but right. kind of a bit squishy. Yeah, let's talk a little. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, I assume, just from hearing you play, that you're classically trained as a, on the piano and perhaps other things too? Yeah, I grew up with the piano. Um, I don't remember not playing the piano. It's a very dear Oh, that's thing. great. So then I, I learnt the clarinet and then I learnt the cello and then studied theory and uh, always kind of fancied myself as a classical composer wearing tailcoats, kind of going around the world, conducting orchestra, my orchestra, writing premieres as I go. That was my, yeah. my grand plan as a kid. <laughs> So I want to talk a little bit about the fact that you, you mentioned it yourself that you have been in a very private phase of your life in your studio, hold up, recording, working out these songs and literally two years of coaxing and nurturing and embellishing and crafting these little gems. Yeah. It sounds like a very private process, but at the same time you found a way to make it a very public process too. Yeah. Yes, I know. I don't let anyone in my studio. It's like, stay out. But I'm quite happy for um, one and a half million people to watch me on Twitter right. um, kind of, and, and send little messages to them. And um, I love you know, the love and encouragement that comes back. Um, I just don't think I could have done it, actually, without, without all that encouragement. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. So it's really, um, to the degree that you allow it, it's become interactive. It's become something that's a, a creative process. Do you imagine expanding on that at all in the next iteration? Yeah, um, I would like to. If maybe I could get kind of live Twitter feed, I was thinking that it could be quite fun to do like a live improvised piece where I could be getting floods of kind of messages saying, go to A minor or slightly slower <laughs> or, you know, and I could kind of shape it into what they want. That's so cool. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, you know, I, I like the idea of it and I think it's not all that common when it's actually sort of implemented in a very practical dialogue like that and it's, it's great. Yeah, I, I really feel 
very lucky to be around at this time because I don't think I'd be able to do half the things I, I can do if it wasn't for the internet, the spreading of the word. Yeah, the encouragement and, yeah. and the feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've accomplished a lot. You've bought this house. You've set up your studio. You've finished your record. You're out touring. Yeah. And I'm sure eventually when you're settled into your elliptical house and your studio's all done, you'll be eating organic veggies out of your garden yeah, and doing all be. that kind yeah, of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Working on it right now, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's got an elliptical-shaped gate around it <laughs> for the rabbits. Well, all I can say is really, um, we could go on for a while, I suspect. And, um, but I really appreciate you making the visit to E-Town and sharing this music with us in this sort of new and um, slightly uncomfortable way. But it sounds great. It thank sounds you. great. No, I'm really enjoying it. No, it's, no, I am. Thank you for coming. Welcome back. Let's get back to music. Welcome back from London, England, Imogen Heap. Thank you. So I'm going to start off, uh, I'm going to do one more song on this little set. And, uh, you know, um, I was kind of making a sound downstairs in my studio and it felt like it sounded a bit like a wine glass. So then I, I went upstairs, opened the kitchen cupboard and pulled out some wine glasses and made a glass harmonica. Um, okay, so I'm going to sample the little wine glass and we shall begin. Here can I First train home I've 
got to get on the first train home. I've got to get on the first train home. I've got to get on the first train home. So Imogen Heap from London, England. MCA Megaphonic recording artist. The CD is called Ellipse. She will be back, play some more music and all kinds of things before too long. Wow, what a powerful performance from Imogen Heap. We are so inspired by her still. We'll be back with more music and conversation after a short break. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by our family of supporters, including Charlie and Leanne Sander, Brad Feld and Amy Batchelor, and a special thanks to Ed Littlefield Jr. for your continued support. As a reminder, for your viewing pleasure, there are over 2,000 videos on the E-Town YouTube channel, where you can also subscribe in order to stay up to date with our latest offerings. And if you're curious about E-Town's home base, E-Town Hall, our beautiful solar-powered music venue, community center, and recording studio located in downtown Boulder, Colorado, you can learn more about it on our website, etown.org. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. This is E-Town, Imogen Heap. Thanks so much. She'll be back with more music in a little while. And coming up, another uh, great singer and songwriter, Gregory Allen Isakoff, is here to play some songs. And we're also going to have a visit with Neil Mulholland. He's going to tell us about the National Park Foundation. But before we do all that stuff, every week we get to share with you a story uh, that one of our listeners 
shared with us someone that they um, were inspired by and they decided to pass that story on to us. It's really a way for us to celebrate individual acts of uh, just spectacular citizenry, people out there really trying to volunteer their time and make a difference right where they are. These are great small stories. They generally add up to great stuff, and they all together, of course, add up to make a big difference. It's the Achievement Award made possible by Grant from the Bohemian Foundation. Here comes Helen Forster to tell you about this week's winner. Thanks, Nick. This week's listener nominator is Doug Gertner, who hears E-Town on KBCO. He's nominating a married couple for the Achievement Award, Libby and Brad Berkey of Denver, Colorado. Libby and Brad met in college. They soon found out that they shared a lot in common. They both grew up in rural Illinois. Their moms worked in schools, their dads were in construction, and they were both raised in families that encouraged them to volunteer in their communities. They eventually married and moved to Denver several years ago, where Libby worked as a teacher, and Brad, after a stint as an IT uh, consultant, decided to follow his heart and go to culinary school. But instead of heading to a lucrative gig as a professional chef in a high-toned restaurant, he and Libby put their heads together and came up with a unique way to use Brad's skills to give back to their community by helping the hungry. And Nick, Libby's going to join us on stage to tell us more, so let's welcome one of this week's winners, Libby Berkey. Hi, Libby. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. So Helen mentioned that you and Brad came up with the idea using his skills uh, as a chef for the greater good. How did that all happen? Well, we had had lots of experiences in soup kitchens and homeless shelters doing some weekly volunteer work and just decided that the quality of food wasn't so great that was being offered and a certain population of people were not going into soup kitchens and homeless shelters. And so we decided to open a place where single moms and college kids and elderly people on fixed incomes would be comfortable coming in and getting a good healthy meal. You know, seeing that local organic food gets to right. people who wouldn't normally have access to it. Yeah, so wild. Um, Brad and I invested our own money. Um, we had taken money out of our IRAs, even though our parents told us not to, and um, decided that it was worth it for us to uh-huh. start the restaurant with our own money, even though banks and other private investors wouldn't fund us. Yeah, and, uh, and, and so how does it work? You know, we make meals from scratch every day. We make our own pizza dough. We serve soup, salad, and pizza. We try to make sure that the stuff that we serve is the best that's out there. Yeah, so you make all this amazing stuff. Now, who shows up? We serve about 65 to 100 people a day, um, sometimes more than that, some upwards of 180 some days. And it's all kinds of different people. It's homeless people with their signs. It's doctors and lawyers from the neighborhood. It's elderly people from the retirement home around the corner. It's the nurses that work at the health center. Oh, wow. It's lots of different people. Wow. And so for those homeless people who show up with their signs, for example, how do they pay for their meal? Well, there are a couple of options. We ask people to participate, no matter um, if they have money or not. And so it's not a free meal. Um, We ask people to build a community with us. And so the way that they do that is either they give a donation that's fair to them, or they can work in exchange for their food, or they can do a combination of both. And working in exchange for your food includes sweeping the floor, wiping down the tables, doing the dishes, food prep, if you're so inclined. And we want to make sure that it's a dignified exchange. It's not just a handout. Wow. 
obviously it's kind of an honor system. So does it actually help cover your expenses? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Up until about a year ago when the economy tanked, we were seeing anywhere between 8 and $10 a person on average per day. Wow. Now we see somewhere between 4 and 5 and we're serving about double of what we were serving last year. So we're still covering our costs. We keep our costs really low. We only have two full-time employees and one part-time employee. And everybody else is a volunteer. All the work that gets done in the kitchen is done by volunteers. So wow. keeping our overhead really low allows us to keep serving people every day. Yeah. Um, we have local farmers. We have a farmer who um, actually brings us food from a small plot about seven blocks from the restaurant. So sometimes your salad that you're eating that day hasn't even been out of the garden for more than a couple of hours. Wow. So it's really, I mean, it's an amazing transition for most people. Again, people particularly who are not able to pay for their own meals to go to a situation like that that's A, dignified, B, delicious and nourishing, and C, a mixture, a real cross-section of the community. That's completely atypical. Right. Um, observing what happens in the kitchen and in the dining room is pretty amazing because people who would normally ignore each other on the street right. sit down at the same table and eat together and learn each other's stories and oh. realize that we're all just human beings on this planet together. And wow. so it's a real opportunity for community building and, you know, everybody eats. So everybody can sit down at the same table and enjoy the same high quality food and then learn that even people experiencing poverty are worthy of a real meal with real china and silverware and, and friendly people around them who care about them and love them. And we get to know most of our customers. I'd say we know probably 65 to 85% of the population who come through the wow. door. If not by name, at least we recognize your face. Yeah. It's pretty easy to know people who are first timers. They come in and look around and are kind of like, what is this joint? <laughs> <laughs> and you can, you can kind of pick them out. And so we just give them a little spiel about what we do. And usually people are pretty open and welcoming and give it a try. Oh, that's pretty cool. And you mentioned salads and pizzas. What else is on the menu? Um, really good desserts. I always make something fabulous. Yeah. My cookies are really popular. So two soups, two salads, two pizzas. Usually one of those is vegetarian, vegan every day so that there's options for people. Because a lot of times if you go to a soup kitchen, you just get whatever they're serving. You don't have a whole lot of choice. And right. so we put a little choice in the situation, wow. again, giving that dignified exchange. Wow. So when did you start this? October of 2006. Do you have any idea how many meals you've served so far? Over 35,000. 35,000 meals. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Libby, uh, what's the, the name of the cafe again? Is Same Cafe. It stands for So All May Eat. So All May Eat. Same Correct. Cafe. Yes. Cool. Well, congratulations. And it's an amazing story. You and your husband have found such a great way to use your talents. Thank you. We've got a Framed Achievement Award certificate for you in recognition of your efforts. Thank you very much. Well, it's for you and all the volunteers and staff and for your husband, certainly, too. Thank yeah. you. Congratulations. That's Libby and Brad Berkey, Same Cafe, winners of this week's Achievement Award. It's a great story. Thanks, you guys. The Achievement Award is made possible by a grant from the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. Our sincere thanks to this week's E-Town listener nominator, Doug Kurtner, or Gertner, I should say. We'll be giving him and our winners gift bags filled with wonderful E-Town paraphernalia and more. And for our listeners out there, if you would like to send us an Achievement Award nomination, learn more about some of our more recent winners, or hear this entire interview again, all that and more can be done on our website, etown.org. 
or write to us the old-fashioned way at Box 954, Boulder, Colorado, 80306. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, Libby and Brad. Another great story, Achievement Award story. Imogen Heap is going to be back to play some more music in a while. Right now, I want to tell you about our next guest. Gregory Allen Isakoff has become a Colorado guy, although he was born in Johannesburg, South Africa. He grew up in Philadelphia. He is a songwriter and performer who has made a lot of friends along the way. He shared the stage with tons of people we know and love. He continues to write beautiful songs and kind of lure us in with his potent combination of great song craft, and a kind of a gentle musical approach. Very happy to have him back with us. Please welcome back to E-Town, Gregory Allen Isakoff. Oh, 
this is how it seems This is where I feel the line While everyone's asleep Gregory Allen Isakoff, great to have you back. Well, it's good These to be back. songs are so sweet. They have such a depth and tenderness, and you keep coming up with them. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> now, some of the folks who've been here, Ani DeFranco and, and Brandy Carlisle in particular, have really embraced your recordings and your performance, and, and how did they find you? I don't know, really. I mean, I played a show with Brandy about two years ago, and we sort of hit it off, and I really liked her sound, and sort of became friends, and she ended up recording on the record. Yeah. No, you recorded some great stuff. I mean, she sounds great on your record. Yeah, she's great. And I've also seen some video of you guys doing duet gigs and playing together. And yeah. It's nice. It's a nice combination. Your voices sound really good together. Yeah, it's been really, really nice playing with her. I mean, just all the crazy things that happen when you're in opening band. Right. It's just like this unsung kind of uh, like character that never gets talked about. It's, it's the craziest life right. ever. And right. There's some of the stuff that we, that happened to us, on, you know, opening up for bands. All the travel, none of the glory. Uh, all the travel and then like the 30 minute set, which is amazing. And then yeah. they're all to these like crazy, awesome theaters. And, but, you know. The headliner's in a bus, you're driving, so they're all well rested and you're completely blurry eyed. Totally. But, you know, it's, um, it is an opportunity to meet and then, obviously, in your case, get to record and eventually yeah, perform with other it's people. A, it's amazing. We just yeah. did a, our first headlining tour, and I missed opening. You know. <laughs> a little less yeah. pressure. Have you, ever been to, um, have you ever been to a national park? Yep. Cool. Yes. You know, that'll, um, that'll make more sense a little later on in the show. That That's question. like foreshadowing. Yeah, a little foreshadowing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Well, congratulations. It's, it's hard to be the guy who writes songs and perseveres and plays locally and develops a following and makes a record and can get opening act gigs and then eventually headline and travel and tour and make a living. It sounds like, oh, yeah, I have a friend who does that or whatever, but it's actually very, very hard to do. So congratulations. Oh, yeah, it seems like things are going really well. They are, thanks. Yeah. Let's get back to music. Welcome back, Gregory Allen Isaac.
Well, Nick and the E-Tones uh, offered to play this song with me tonight. And they're fancy and good. Gregory Allen Isakoff, along with E-Tones, Ron Jolly, Christian Teal on the drums, Chris Engelman on the bass, Helen Forrester singing backup. The CD is called This Empty Northern Hemisphere. That's our friend and neighbor, Gregory Allen Isakoff. We'll be back with more after a short break. 
Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. And by our diverse family of NPR affiliates and community stations, plus college and commercial stations, as well as our international stations and podcast subscribers worldwide. Thank you for your continued support. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who are hearing E-Town on stations like KDLG in Dillingham, Alaska, Public Radio for Alaska's Bristol Bay, on WBJB in Lincroft, New Jersey, Brookdale Public Radio, and on KDTR, The Trail in Missoula, Montana. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, if you want more information about any of the things that E-Town is up to these days, lots of stuff is online at etown.org. I want to thank uh, Gregory Allen Isakoff. He's going to be back at the very end of the show, and Imogen Heap is coming up in just a bit for some more music. But before we get back to music, we had a chance to explore the sounds and ideas that these two songwriters have shared with us, the kind of the musical landscapes that they've captured for us. And there's some real value in paying attention to the landscapes around us, whether it's Imogen's land around her uh, elliptical house or Gregory's wide open spaces out here in the West. And we in this country have an amazing and frankly pretty underutilized treasure that we own, belongs to us. It's the 84 million acres of land that make up our national park system. And this is the best stuff, folks. This is the good stuff, and it's ours. There is an organization whose mission is to help us connect with that land. It's the National Park Foundation, and its uh, CEO or president is here today to tell us some more about that. Please welcome to E-Town, Neil Mulholland from the National Park Foundation. Hi, Neil. Nick, hello. Um, thanks for stopping by. Well, it's great to be here. And so what do you specifically get to do in regards to the parks? You get to remind people to, to go there and you get to support the infrastructure or what happens? We're the uh, charitable partner of the national park system in a broad sense, but very much what E-Town is to music, we are to the national parks, where you entertain, educate, and inspire. Uh, we use the parks as an educational tool, and we really want to get people back into the parks. Um, now, how many national parks are there? Well, since we last talked, we've added a new one, so we now have 392 units in the system. Are they mostly in the western U.S., or where are they? They're actually all over the United States. Yeah. Uh, you know, the iconic parks with the wide open spaces like Rocky Mountain National Park associated with the West, but um, with time and tenure, we uh, have more and more urban parks and national memorials. Uh, why is it so important in your view, with busy lives and with kids and families and jobs and so on, or lack of jobs, which is also common, uh, why is it so important to be in a park? Well, for each person, that's a personal thing, um, but uh, you know, the, it's a 
good time to just step back. We live in a very fast-paced society, but it forces you to really kind of open your perspective. And they're great places for introspection, thought, planning, just unwinding, taking the stress out of your lives. Yeah. You know, you referenced 84 million acres that we have across the country in 49 in the 50 states. What we're really here to do is engage people in the parks. I also think it's important for us to recognize that there is a connection between the national park system and the fundamental aspects of democracy, in that these were lands that were set aside for our benefit, for our children and their children for future generations, and it was a a sacrifice in some ways that taxpayers made to purchase and acquire all these lands. But there's something fundamentally democratic about it. Uh, absolutely. Um, if you think about this, this was almost 100 years ago. They had the foresight to say, we need to preserve this as it exists today. Right. And so people way back when took on the challenge and the effort and, and led the charge to make these into parks. Yeah. And one of the things I'd ask all your audience is to re-engage with their parks in, in two ways. Is to go to our site, nationalparks.org, and we have a great reference tool. You can plug in any state, any city, and it will tell you the parks that are in your immediate area. Not only tell you about them, it'll give you all the history of them. So it's a great tool to pick a park and go to. And I'd make that the priority the next year. Go to a park, reach out to it, and just get outside. Create an outward focus in your life as opposed to an inward focus. That's great advice. Well, Neil, thank you. Thanks for stopping by. Neil Mulholland, the newly appointed president of the National Park Foundation, reminding us to get out there and enjoy the land we all own and, and need to connect with. So um, I mentioned Gregory Allen Isakoff is going to be back for a big finale. Please welcome back, though, right now, wonderfully talented musician whom we're all very fond of, Imogen Heap. Pleasure moments hung 
sweeping insensitivity of this still London, England. The CD is called Ellipse. RCA Megaphonic Records plays it all. Such a great musician, great singer. We've got time for one more song. I want to get Gregory Allen Isakoff out. All the E-tones. Get everybody out for this last song. It's one that we worked up a little while ago. I want to thank all our guests this week. It's been a great, fun show for all of us. I want to thank our award winner, Libby Berkey, and her husband, Brad, who run the nonprofit restaurant called The Same Cafe, making good organic food available to those in need. Thanks to Neil Mulholland from the National Park Foundation for stopping by and reminding us to take advantage of these great treasures. Thanks to Gregory Allen Isakoff, a great songwriter. Special thanks to Imogen Heap and the E-Tones. Helen Forrester. Thanks to all of you, the residents, the citizens of E-Town for staying, tuning in and being a part of this thing that we do every week. I'm Nick Forrester. Hope you can be with us next week right here in E-Town.
E-Town is produced by a donor-supported, nonprofit organization. The show was recorded live this week at the historic Boulder Theater. To comment about E-Town, make an Achievement Award nomination, or find out how to get tickets to a live taping, visit our website, etown.org. Send an email to info at etown.org or write to us at Box 954, Boulder, Colorado, 